0: This is my get out of self and be of service podcast. Actually, it's not. Um, But I do need to get out of myself and be of service. And yesterday was sponsee day. And I was talking to a sponsee about something. And she said that would be a really good podcast. And I was like, okay, I will will do that. So the topic that we were talking about was... um, That if you read the big book carefully, um, it's very clear that you need more than one power in order to recover. So step one is admitting the powerlessness. Faced with addiction, you of yourself and by yourself do not have the power to overcome addiction. Part of why I think that's the case is you're dealing with two things. One, you're dealing with shame. And two, you're dealing with uh, an obsessive compulsive disorder, which is what addiction is. And so the way to overcome shame is empathy, which requires connection. And then the way to overcome the OCD is the retraining of the brain and and being able to intervene on your own behalf. And my experience is, is that what creates the obsessive compulsive disorder is that I am in a place, I basically want to escape the present moment. I'm in a place of fear, whether I'm Conscious of it or not, because in my experience, I didn't know what I was feeling. I just saw myself reaching for food. So I had to sort of backtrack and go, like, okay, if I'm thinking about food, something is going on for me emotionally. And in the beginning of recovery, I didn't even know what it was. I had to call people and just be like, the food's on my back, and then start to, you know, think about, you know, what my feelings might be. I mean, I was so disassociated from my emotional body that. I just had to look at the evidence and then go back to the symptom. Now, if I'm disconnected, then, and if I'm experiencing fear and shame because of old habits or patterns of, you know, growing up, I am going to, my brain is going to go, oh, we have a solution for this. And the solution is to eat something, it will calm you down. And then I become obsessed with that idea. And I can't let go of the idea of calming myself down. And so now, and I'm in a place of anxiety or fear or shame, and so I want relief, and my brain keeps bringing up the same idea because it's like, hey, you know, this is work, this is work, this is work. And so then I reach for food. Now, the inter intervening on that is... Okay, a couple of things. So I'm in the moment. I feel powerless. So do I believe in a power greater than myself? And this is coming from me, and I'm not a Christian, and I'm not a monotheist. So I do believe in a power greater than myself. I believe in love, and I believe in connection. So I take the compulsion as a sign that I'm in a place of fear Part of the reason why I'm in a place of fear is that whatever is happening in my life, I feel is, is bigger than what I can handle. I feel like it's going to over, even if I'm not, even if I have no idea what it is, I just know by doing the math, if I'm reaching for food, I'm in a place of fear and or shame, and I'm feeling that my life circumstances, whatever they are, are just, it's too emotional for me, my emotions are going to kill me, whatever, and I'm feeling isolated and alone up against that experience. So if I take the signal that I'm getting, which is reaching for food, and if I say, oh, I'm reaching for food because I'm in some sort of state, and I need, and I'm feeling like life is too big for me, I need to reach for my tribe because what happens is if I reach for my tribe and I, you know, send a text or make a program call or whatever, a couple of things happen. Number one is, is that I am now reaching for connection. Now, when I do that, if I'm in any sort of shame about what's going on, that I have this, you know, that I want food when I shouldn't have it, I'm connecting to someone who, who identifies with what I'm feeling. And so then I that takes care of that piece. I'm connecting to someone who is like, oh, I, I know what that feels like to have the food on my back or to want to reach for something. So I immediately have just joined the church of Me Too and I'm now, you know, no longer alone with the compulsion. The other aspect of that is that I'm no longer in isolation, which means I'm no longer alone with the disease that can convince me that... No one understands what I'm going through and that the best way to um, connect or to uh, deal with this moment is to self-soothe because I shouldn't really trust people because of all of the people in my past who have taught me that people are unsafe. So I need to reach, so I need to do step one, you know, what is true. What is true is that I have an eating disorder and that by myself, alone with the food, I will, and my obsessive compulsive um, behavior, I'm the food is going to win. So I need to recognize that too. Do I believe in a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity? Yes, I do. And that power in this moment is, um, I believe in um, the power of recovery, and I believe in the power of fellowship. And so then I reach for you know my tribe my god squad which hopefully you have a god squad tax group and if you don't you need to get one and this is why so this is what the whole point of this podcast is about is the two powers you know and so i reach for my god squad i send out a text number one immediately i'm like or i make a program call i'm personally a texter so um, i immediately am no longer alone with the disease. I've sort of, and I've created a new pattern for myself that instead of self-soothing by reaching for um, food, I am now looking for comfort from people. Which is how, as a human being, I need to, that's how I'm supposed to emotionally regulate. Is I share my emotional experience with another human being, and in that way I get to be seen and heard, and they validate or just empathetically respond to my feelings, and then I can process through my feelings without feeling like my feelings are going to overwhelm me. Now, the power greater than myself around your fellowship. And when you when you go to AA, this is immediately drilled into your head that you have to join, you have to get in the middle, you have to like make connections, you have to... And, and AA is typically and generically, it's like the 12-step program for extroverts. So you get all these extroverts who want to spend a bunch of time with, with other people and they just... You know, instead of going to the bar and connecting with a bunch of people there, they, you know, or whatever social event. This is gross generalizations, so, you know, keep this mind. But they'll go to a meeting, and it's all about, like, get connected and go with a bunch of people after the meeting for coffee and, you know, spend a bunch of time with a bunch of people. Well, that's great. Not that there aren't introverts in, in AA, because there are. Again, I'm just talking gross generalizations. In way, it tends to be a lot of introverts and um and it's much more of an isolating disease like a lot of people in AA they drank socially whereas you know even though there were you know um people who you know drank alone absolutely they did but originally it was sort of like the social thing and of course in oa there's social eating but a lot of the times it's you know, what we did, we did alone. So you get a lot more introverts in OA, and you get a lot more secrecy and doing eating by ourselves, like, you know. um, So breaking out of that and creating a connection, like I've noticed that in OA, I have had to sort of drill that into people, (laughs) like, (laughs) drill it in, like, You have to connect, like not just in the meetings. Like, you have to. There are two powers that require recovery. Um, You know, a higher power that you believe in, you know, that is intimate and personal to you, because there are going to be times where you cannot connect to anyone. Also, ultimately, Everyone has to live their life alone, walk down their path alone. No one can walk through life, my life, for me. I have to actually go through every moment, you know, by myself and face and create my life by myself. And so I do need some sort of internal, intimate connection to some sort of power greater than myself. Whether that's for you, for Jesus, or Allah, or whether it's you know your Buddha nature, or your connection to Mother Earth, or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. That's something that happens internally within you that you can connect to. That's a power greater than yourself that is intimate and personal and private to you. And that is actually very important. I personally believe in love, which is beautiful and mysterious. And I believe in the divine power of love, that the sum is greater than the parts. And we need that. So we need to develop a relationship with an intimate power that we believe in, however you choose to do that. and But that by itself is not going to help you recover because what can happen is is that the disease can block you from that connection the disease can come in and like let's say you know your practice you know you're in fear and shame and this is where you should you know pray or meditate or get in touch with your higher power well your disease can say you know what fuck it just i don't want to do that you know and so then then you're alone with the disease, and so you actually can block access from your own internal higher power. Well, that's where your God Squad, you know, comes in handy. Because maybe you don't want to pray or sit and meditate, but you find some willingness to send a text to someone. You know, and now you're connecting to your higher power, or your your second form of a higher power, which is your fellowship. And you have to connect to them because, you know, well, you know, for all the reasons that I've already said, I feel like I'm going to start to repeat myself, but because, you know, in connecting to them, it's like, I I also call it, and I'm not the only one that calls it, like God with skin on. And So it's like, okay, I'm resistant to praying or reaching out or whatever. I'm in a place of fuck it. But I find willingness to connect to my tribe and just literally say, you know, the food's on my back and I feel like fuck it. And somehow through just doing that connection, you know, I might feel a little bit of willingness to just say, you know, I'm going to binge, but I'm going to do it in an hour. You know, and then I, and I've actually had this experience and you can talk to my posse because they've actually received, you know, my texts where it was like every 15 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm just going to, maybe not every 15 minutes, but like every half an hour or whatever, I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm putting off my binge for another, you know, another hour or another whatever. And, and I made it through that night and that night it was my, my tribe that kept me abstinent and kept me from not binging and purging and not, you know, sort of compulsively overeating like like a mofo. So the other piece of that is that you can't put your whole recovery needs on a small group of people. It's just too much. So this was the part that I was explaining to my sponsee that... Um, she said was useful for her. And, you know, because it's very typical that we come in the rooms and like, maybe we find one person that we start to share, you know, with and, you know, create a little communication with them that we call. But now we're putting all of our eggs in one basket. So that person, human beings are going to fail you. That's what we do. And we're not failing you because it's personal. It's like we're failing you because I was in the shower that day, or we're failing you, failing you because, you know, I'm full up on my own emotional journey and I have nothing left to give. So if I become your only resource, um, I am going to fail you in, in some sort of future moment. So, you know, creating more of a network of support. And here's how I want you to think of that network of support, and which is to think of a fishing net or like one of those nets where it's like all these little knots that create a net. Each one of those little knots is a person that you connect to. And so the bigger the net is you know, that you've created by making all of these connections, then when life throws you a ball, you know, depending on the size of the net, you will be able to handle it. So if you only have a very small net of people and, you know, life throws you a really hard softball, that it's not going to be strong enough. So you have to develop this power greater than yourself. You have to develop it in your your faith in something internally that you believe in and your tribe, your connection. So here's a, a story um, which is pretty famous in the 12-step rooms, and it's the Eskimo story. And uh, so the story is, is that... Um, and this is the whole guide whisking on. So the typical story is that you know um a uh, a priest and and a guy were at a bar up in Alaska and they were just chit-chatting and you know just you know commi- you know being social or whatever and and then uh you know the uh the guy at the bar says you know um you know, I tried, eventually it comes around to the subject of, of religion and, and God. And he said, you know, I, I." Uh, so he says to the priest, you know, I, I, I tried your whole God thing once. And, you know, it just, you know, it didn't work. And so, you know, I, I don't believe in God. And the priest was sort of curious and said, do you mind telling me in what manner you, you tested the God thing? And he says, oh, sure, no problem. You know, well, one time I was out on the tundra, whatever it's called, you know, um, where all the snow is. And there was a blizzard happening. And I, I said, you know, if there is a God, you know, help me, you know, find my way back to town. And he said, I waited and I waited and I waited and nothing happened. And uh, and the priest looks at him and he goes, well, something must have happened because you're here you know and then the guy says no you know some Eskimo found me and and you know took me back to town and so the whole point of that story is is like it was the Eskimo so in in 12 steps sometimes you'll hear people say you know who brought you into the rooms oh my Eskimo was you know my brother-in-law who took me to my first meeting or something like that but the idea is is you know God was skin on and so sometimes so the point of that aside from the fact that it's God with skin on is is just to remember that you know sometimes when you want to pray or you're not praying or whatever that's when you can reach out to someone or that's when someone will text you or call you and you'll feel like Not responding or not picking up the phone. And you know what? This may be an Eskimo coming and saying, Hey, you're in a dark place. And I, you know, and there's God trying to sort of say, I'm here for you. And here's the Eskimo trying to find you back, you know, trying to guide you back to a place of, of, um, light. So, anyway, so I think that's pretty clear i you know, I do my sort of rambly things, which is what I always do, but hopefully this is is helpful and um and again, the point which I cannot drill down enough is to create a God squad for yourself. So, what I tell my Swansees to do is I say, "I want you to go out and I want you to find ten names." Now, these are not people that you need to be best friends with. These are just 10 people that should you find yourself, if you could create your own meeting and you're just like, I, you know, this person often shares things that I can relate to, this person often shares things that I can relate to, this person has a really strong program, so again, you're not looking for like people who, you know, you would invite invite over to your house, you're looking for 10 names that if these 10 people were in a meeting, you know that you'd be hearing recovery, you get those 10 names, you get the numbers, and then you make sure they're in, in your phone, and then maybe... You know, you text them individually or you call them and then you can create little text groups where you can kind of just say to, you know, and you don't have to make the, I've got text groups where it's just four of us and I've got, I've got one text group. I wouldn't recommend this where it's like 17 of us. It's basically like an OA text. It's like a text meeting and people just randomly check in all the time and um, i I do say I wouldn't really recommend that because I moderate that um and that's a whole different thing that's a level of service that you know it'd be like secretarying a meeting but I do recommend um you know like you know four five six seven you know little text groups and you can have multiple ones you know and um yeah so just sort of trust your intuition on that but Um, it's definitely very important and, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a, and it's part of the program. It's actually part of the program. I'm not making this up. It's actually in the big book. You can look for it. Okay. You guys, you're awesome. You know, rock on with love as per usual. Bye. Bye.